everybody. Welcome to episode five of the Hodges Partnerships Teaming Up podcast. This week, we have Casey Prentice and Hannah Robinson. They will be talking about planning, managing, creating, and producing content. We have a video version of this that you can see on YouTube or any of our social channels, and we encourage everyone to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our Teaming Up episodes. For now, I'll pass it over to Casey and Hannah. latest episode of Teaming Up. Uh, Today, you've got myself, Casey Prentice, and my colleague, Hannah Robinson. You've seen us before on previous episodes. Um, But today, we're going to talk about content, one of my favorite, (laughs) most favorite subjects. Um, We have a few things that we want to talk about today. One, uh, talking about planning and managing content. Uh, We want to talk a little bit about actually creating content in a couple of different ways um, you and your organizations can do that. And then we also want to talk about marketers marketing themselves. It's so important to um, practice what you preach. And um, we'll talk a little bit about how Hodges does that. And then we'll leave some parting words. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. I actually feel really honored to be talking to the content queen right now because I feel like when I first started at Hodges, I'm pretty sure it was probably like my first week, you assigned me the editorial calendar um, for Hodges and to come up with some social content. And I just remember feeling like I have some big shoes to fill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great segue because I think um, just kind of like you started at the agency and one of the first things was an editorial calendar. And I think that's such a great place to start when it comes to managing a content experience, a content marketing strategy. So um, let's just start talking about it. It's one of my favorite things, one, because I love Excel, but um, I know you do a lot of this on a day-to-day basis. So why don't you talk a little bit about what an editorial calendar is for people who may not know what it is and kind of what your process is for building that? Yeah. So a social ed cal, what we like to call it, just social ed cal really quick, Um, is kind of just a way for us to plan a month ahead. I think that you can attest to this too. Anyone who handles social ed calendars feels like the months fly by because there's always something to be planning or focusing on. Um, And so usually about towards the end of each month, um, we like to just take a moment and look over our social ed calendars and start planning out day by day what content it's going to look like for the the upcoming month. Um, And this just really helps us in our content efforts, make sure that we're staying on brand, that we're pushing, um, you know, different offers and stories that we want to um, share with our audience. And then also, you know, working with clients, we always have really great stories that are, um, you know, coming up or that we can kind of, you know, we know are going to be, you know, posting in the next month or so. So it's a nice way for us to be able to just be more organized um, and aware of where we're maybe missing some pockets here and there. Um, And for us, a big source of our content comes from our blog. So we have the Gong blog, um, which actually was one of the first ways I learned about Hodges. Um, When I was uh, just starting off in my career, I remember I would, you know, look up certain questions online, like all, you know, young newly graduates do. Um, and the gong blog would pop up with like media relations advice and tips and tricks. And so what we do a lot of times is pull from old blog content, 
which is a great way to recircle, um, you know, past blogs that we've had, but also stay in the know. Um, and I know that, you know, with us, a lot of the times we will actually go back and refresh blog content um, to make sure that it's updated um, and still timely and relevant um, and things of that nature. And I know that for you, you were kind of managing that um, kind of solo, dolo by yourself before I came on board. Um, and I'm sure that helped out a lot too, just making sure that you knew what was coming up and um, and where we could make those asks for the content committee and things like that. Yeah. And I feel like what you described is so transferable, not just for what we do at Hodges, but with any organization. And there's two words that you didn't say, but you kind of spoke around and one is balance. So having an editorial calendar helps you, um, make sure you're not driving traffic to one page over and over again on your website, or you're not hitting the same talking point or message, you know, too many times in a row, you're able to kind of see a bigger picture and kind of space things out and, um, spread it out for your audience. And, um, two, you kind of referenced how, you know, we were sort of focused and and working on this in this space, but an EdCal helps you um, alleviate resources a little bit and, and help be a little more time efficient. So instead of saying, okay, it's 10 o'clock, I haven't posted to Facebook today. Like, what do I need to write? Let me pull here. Instead, you're kind of focusing and writing a month of content or two weeks of content at a time. And you're able to just kind of get in the zone, write and um, organize your thoughts instead of having to stop every single day to be like, okay, what do I post today? Yeah. So I think those are two benefits. Absolutely. And I think along with that balance piece, I, I, we always look at, you know, Ed Cal's as a guide. So, you know, sometimes, you know, life happens and you can plan every single day for the coming month. And then the coming month comes and you have, more thing, you know, something pops up that needs to be posted ASAP or, you know, you just got a big hit in a national placement and you need to make sure that you highlight that, you know, play of the week. And so things like that, I always look at the the calendar as a guide and that it is very flexible. Um, so, yeah, you may have, you know, the whole thing planned, but sometimes you need to take something out and plug something else in. And it's almost like a game of Tetris. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's still saving you time because it's not you're not trying to pull from all these different butt baskets. Instead, you're able to kind of, you know, move content down and plug in. And it just allows us all to kind of think have a lot more of a um, easier life when it comes to content. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because um, an EdCal helps you plan things. So, you know, if you're a B2C organization, you have a product to sell, for example. So, you know, you can factor in these posts, um, but things pop up and things change and you have to react to viral moments or whatever it may be or breaking news. Um, so you have to be able to create spontaneous content. So yeah. we do this a lot. Um, I know you, um, we kind of each do this in our own ways, right? So, mm-hmm. Um, in HubSpot world, uh, I grasp onto a principle called slicing the content turkey. So I am real big on, um, working smarter, not harder. So I always look for ways that we can leverage existing material and like, and create content that way. But, you know, you are a little, I think a little more responsive for these spontaneous, Hey, we need to go here out into the field kind of, uh, content gathering, missions. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about some of the work that you've done with um, federal realty, for example, um, to 
collect content for some of these more spontaneous posts. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of our clients is Federal Realty and they have properties across the country, um, but we deal with um, the properties in Virginia. So we have, um, you know, we work with uh, the property Willow Lawn in Richmond, and we also work with Barracks Road quite heavily, which is in Charlottesville. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to the retail shopping center space, there's always merchants coming in and merchants leaving and things of that nature. And so we always have to stay on top of things when it comes to gathering content for a new store that's opening or making sure that you can go on site to these places and capture what it's like to be here. I think especially during COVID, it was really difficult to figure out, okay, how are we going to let, you know, the customers know that it is safe to come in here and get your nails done now, or it's okay. Like what are the safety precautions um, when you go to Madewell well, or anything like that? And so we had to find new ways to capture those moments. And so we would go on site and we would have our site visits and we would actually go into these stores and we would create reels or, you know, Instagram stories um, and things of that nature to kind of capture um, the environment and what it's like and the offerings and things of that nature. Um, if a new merchant is opening and we want to, you know, go to the property and actually get fo- like first look photos of what the new space is looking like, what the building's looking like. A lot of times merchants aren't as responsive. Like, Hey, can you send a photo to us? A lot of times you're not going to hear back from them and you're going to have to go out and do that spontaneous gathering yourself and you have to get creative. Um, I was thinking about this earlier about how you really have to step outside of your comfort zone a lot of times um, when it comes to content gathering, because, you know, you can be on site, you know, for federal realty or we can be on campus for VCCS and gathering photos. And sometimes you have to ask people like, hey, can I grab your photo or can I grab a quote about like, you know, your experience here? Um, And if you're all alone on that site visit and you're maybe not the most extroverted person, like you really got to figure it out. Um, and so, you know, one of the campaigns we're doing with Federal Realty is wanting to highlight the merchants themselves. And, you know, who are the people who are here on the ground working every single day? You know, who are you going to see when you walk into Bath and Body Works? Like, what's their name? What are their interests? And so we're going on site and we're sitting down with merchants and we're talking with them and we're like scrambling, writing notes and we're taking photos. Um, and then once we get all that done, we get to come back, you know, behind the screen, behind the computer go into Canva and plug in the picture and put the quote, you know, overlay and things like that. And we're creating that con content on the go when it's needed. Yeah. And you brought up a, um, you brought up VCCS. So I'm going to go into that turf for a little bit and Your turf, <laughs> my, my land, my content land. Um, but you know, with, with a college, especially during the pandemic, there were, there were a lot of times where students weren't on campus. So um, we weren't able to do the traditional photo shoots or the traditional video um, shoots that we had been doing in the past. Um, So this is where we got creative, not just um, with how we produced the actual post content, but with our thinking and where we tap into content ideas. Um, so one example that we did with VCCS, um, across a couple of different campaigns is we were like, okay, well, let's dive into some of the, uh, contact information that we're getting from students who reach out and say that they're interested in a program. And 
we we dug through, you know, the comments that they put in a form request, for example, and we were able to sort of identify a couple of different content series just from looking at what students were saying. So, you know, we noticed a lot of people would use the the contact form to ask questions. So then we're like, let's do an FAQ Friday and we have these questions and we can respond to it in the post text and save it to our highlight. Or, um, you know, people would use the comment field to share their life story. They showed their situation. So, you know, we did that with College Anywhere, which was an online campaign for VCCS where we were like, look, you know, this is an option for all kinds of people. Um, and here's some of those stories. So, you know, it, it, I don't think it always requires you. I mean, in your case, you know, you want to get those people who are behind the register so you can make those personal connections with federal realty. Um, and in this case with, with VCCS, we were using with what we had. Um, and now, you know, campuses are opening back up a little bit and we're able to kind of do some of the more traditional tactics, but I think being, resourceful and and um, going to corners that you maybe didn't expect there to be content, I think is um, a different approach that I like to do because um, you referenced Tetris. And then I think in this case, it's like, um, where's Waldo? It's like, where, <laughs> where is that golden piece of content that I can use? So, And it's always there. I think if you look, if you look close enough and you look deep enough, you can always find something. Um, and a lot of times it's a lot better than you even thought it was going to be. Um, and then you have kind of like this constant pool of where you can continue to go back and, and be able to plan, right. Like a little bit better when you are doing your editorial calendars. And so, you know, a spontaneous, um, more like, you know, a spontaneous content gathering venture can become something that you can incorporate in, you know, more of your planned organization, you know, organizational um, methods when it comes to that stuff. And I think too, um, with federal realty, you know, we like to, we realize that a lot of the local history is performs really well on social media. And so we're sometimes like doing uh, research like online about like the history of each of the properties and doing, finding cool throwback photos online and being able to credit those photographers, but be able to post that and, and get some of that local engagement too, I think is really important. And that's another great point. It's like, that's, that's content that you can bank and have in a stockpile, right? So, um, the contact form submissions is one example of that. You can just kind of do the exercise once and pull all this information and you have it ready at the, at your fingertips. Yeah. Um, I've done this with data points too. So if you're talking about like an industry, um, in your case, you just referenced for like historical photography. So if you have data points or an annual report, you can break that out and parse it out over the course of a year. Um, and it's a great way to front load the work, just like with an ed cow without, you know, beating yourself up over like, let me create this graphic. Let me create this graphic. You can mm -hmm. kind of do yourself some favors and, and do things in batches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Well, to kind of take all of this into a blender and go a little bit into the marketers marketing themselves. So we at Hodges have a content committee that is responsible for just that. We are responsible for marketing the agency, this podcast being an example of the fruits <laughs> of that labor. Um, but, you know, whether we're talking about ourselves as an agency or as an organization, it's always so important to 
to make sure that you're marketing yourselves. So do you want to talk a little bit about um, just the general structure of the content committee at Hodges and kind of how we how we do some of the work that we do for clients, but for ourselves? Yeah. So we really, I look at the content committee committee as the account team basically for Hodges. So, you know, at Hodges, we have all of our different clients and with each of the clients, we have account teams that work on, you know, making sure that we're amplifying their news and their voices. And so that really, like you said, Casey is the content committee's job and we treat Hodges as our client. Um, and it all gets very meta. It's really great. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where everyone has, um, different responsibilities. And a lot of times, you know, those responsibilities are passed among, you know, different people, or we kind of, you know, uh, jump back and forth between different things that we do, but we have a monthly press box that we send out it's email, um, email marketing, right. And it's a way for us to kind of continue to engage, um, with, um, our clients and partners and, you know, just the community who wants to stay updated with what's happening in the industry. Um, and it's a great way for us to highlight some of our really big wins for that, you know, for that month. And so we do something called plays of the week. So every week, you know, we all send in really great, like accolades or, you know, pat on the backs for things that our colleagues are doing. And sometimes it's really big placements and other times it's, um, you know, just being able to do the constant day-to-day account work. Um, but we gather all of that information and we put it into something called inside baseball, which is just a way for us to kind of highlight what's happening with our clients. Um, and that's something that we always have content for because there's always something happening during the week. Um, we also like to work together and pull, you know, some industry, um, thought leadership articles, um, every month and highlight some of that work that's being done. And that goes into the email as well. Um, and it's a way for us to kind of market ourselves every single month in a way that's kind of new and exciting, um, and always evolving. And so that's something that we switch off, you know, every month it's someone different handling that, but we also have creative services, you know, who jump in and, you know, will create graphics for us when we win things like best place to work, you know, in 2021 and, um, things of that nature. And so we have to create a graphic really quick when we hear things like that. And so we have people who are doing creative, we have ads like, you know, um, and so I think we're all working in different ways to continue to elevate, um, and market Hodges, um, in new and exciting ways. Um, and we also have, you know, um, alternating blog posts. So everyone's always writing a blog post. Um, and it can be, you know, more internally focused things or externally. Um, but it's also things that, you know, we're constantly pushing. And I think it's really very much a cycle. Um, I think all of the things we've talked about so far touch each other in one way or another. Um, and it's just another way for us to, you know, share our gated offers and things of that nature. Yeah. And we, um, it's all like a big web, like this content world, it's just, everything is so interconnected and, you know, you reference the blog and then we also just have the general website. I mean, we always have some sort of project that we're working on. And, um, I laughed when you talked a little bit at the beginning about how you were just like searching post grad of looking that's how you discovered Hodges. And I'm like, well, our SEO is working. So it that's is. another part of marketing is just the basics of SEO. Um, and then, you know, the press box, uh, which is one of our like tried and true tactics. When I interned at Hodges 11 years ago, 12 years ago. <laughs> um, I remember working on the press box. So it's something that's been around for a long time, but it's evolved 
over time based on, you know, what we're seeing and kind of what our appetite is and, you know, our tactics involved, like the podcast that folks are listening to or watching right now is something that we were responding to with the pandemic. We were like, we want to do video content, but how do we do video content when we're trying, trying to socially distance and be safe? And, um, this was our solution to that. So, um, yeah, content is so exciting. And I feel like we could talk about it, or at least I know I could talk about it for days, for a long, long time, years. Um, but to be mindful of the timing of this episode, um, I thought it'd be helpful if we can, um, leave golden words of, of thoughts, feedback, advice Mm -hmm. for folks who are like, yeah, everything you, you say sounds great, but like, where do I get started? How do I get started? How can I do this? Um, and I'll start cause I teased it earlier. Um, but I think anyone who is going to tackle a content effort, the working smarter, not harder strategy is like what I live by. Um, I am also naturally organized. So I love an Excel sheet and it is a tool that I think is, is extremely valuable in this space. Um, especially when, you know, I think 10 years ago, content looked completely different. Like you could get away with writing a piece of text and using a web link and posting it on Facebook and calling it a day. But the demand is so much more, you know, there's a creative demand. There's a um, general public wanting more from content. They want content to be engaging and funny and, um, you know, not just selling products. So um, being organized not inventing the wheel over and over again and creating a a system that works for you to um, think and focus, do as much front front end work as you can to save yourself the heartburn and headache on a day-to-day basis, I feel like is my my jumble of advice. (laughs) (laughs) I love it though. And it is so helpful um, and definitely needed. I think for me, my little nugget of wisdom would probably be like, don't wait until you've perfected the art or the craft of content, like creation or gathering, like get in there, get dirty, figure it out. I think all of us, you know, who any person who's worked a lot with content had to like jump in head first at one point or another. Um, And so the content that you create doesn't have to be perfect or perfectly curated for it to perform well. Um, I think the more authentic the content, the better, especially just like with what you were saying, the world is changing so much and people don't like to see a perfectly curated picture anymore. They want to see real life. They want to see what it's like to experience whatever you're talking about. And so um, I think that You know, it's so valuable. You can just get into whether it's Canva or whatever um, platform you're using and just play around. Like when you have some free time and get creative, have fun, like don't take yourself too seriously with it. Um, And I think the those hard skills will come naturally over time. But first, you just got to jump in and, and get started. And I think that's the first key. And I think it's something that a lot of people get worried about. They find content to be super daunting and scary. Um but it can actually be really fun. So um, I think my piece of advice would just to be, you know, have fun with it. 
don't let uh, perfection stand in the way of production. <laughs> yes. See, you know, anything can be condensed into like a t-shirt quote. And that's what I love. <laughs> that's, that's my, my tweet summary. <laughs> yeah. That could be a piece of content right there. We can go ahead and like take that quote and put it on a graphic and put it on, you know, Instagram and promote this teaming up video. Like, well, you better believe I already have an idea for a blog post that can help <laughs> help this whole thing tie together. Um, But Hannah, thank you so much for joining me to talk about content. I'm sure there could be other episodes in the future where we share our insights. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Casey. Awesome. Bye. Bye.